Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. We're bringing holiday inspiration right to you. Download the Acme mobile app where you can order all your seasonal favorites from delivery or drive up and go. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. When you find ingredients that feed joy, chef-curated holiday recipes, and grocery rewards to rejoice in, all in one app. We're here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. Download the Acme app or visit acmemarkets.com. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Born and raised in a modern town Most folks thought what up was down We all lived and gave our soul Did it all My name is Curtis Cress. I'm 35 years old. I live in Perry County, Kentucky. I have a wife, uh, four kids. Uh, I've been a coal miner for most of my working career. I feel the dust upon my tongue. Feel the pain down in my lungs. It's as dark as, as dark can get. You can't really, I guess, imagine how dark it could be. Uh, the work is it's non-stop from the time you go in to the time you leave. Not to mention, you know, the breathing coal dust all day or all night long, whatever shift it may be. As years go by, you start realizing that it's taking a toll on you. Digging for coal is a dirty and dangerous way to earn a living. In many mining areas, though, it is pretty much the only source of regular, well-paid work. But Curtis Cress lost his mining job almost a year ago. The company which owned his mine was called Black Jewel, once one of America's biggest coal operators. Crushed by a mountain of debt, Black Jewel filed for bankruptcy last July. Its collapse put more than 1,000 miners across four states out of work. And Curtis Cress has been unemployed ever since. To find a job in the coal industry right now, it's a, it's a struggle because there's only just a, a few coal operations that are running. And you have probably over thousands of men who are trying to look for a job in the same field. You know, a lot of guys are just out of luck. My four kids um, and my wife, you know, it's been a struggle. You know, they, um, I've been blessed to be able to spoil them, uh, I guess you would say. I guess they were kind of used to that. And then when all of, uh, all of this happened, you know, with not, uh, not being able to find work, I guess at first it, they, uh, they kind of didn't understand, you know, well, why, why can't I get a toy today or whatever? It must have been very tough for you not being able to provide for your family. Yes, yes. It's, it's been a struggle these past few months. Being without work has probably been the, the toughest times me and my family have seen. Unemployed former miner Curtis Cress speaking to me from his home in Kentucky. We'll be back to Curtis later to hear about his hopes for the future. It wasn't always this bad for American coal. Out of mines, 70,000 of them comes coal, essential for an industrial nation, the source of so much of our power and strength. As this documentary from 1947 makes clear, coal was once the most important source of American power. More recently, though, King Coal has well and truly tumbled from its throne. 
Fifteen years ago, it generated more than half of all US power. Today, it's less than a quarter. Natural gas from fracking is cheap and plentiful. Renewable energy is much more competitive than it was. In the past 10 years, the cost of solar has fallen 80%, wind by 40%. Add to that the impact of a global pandemic, and 2020 is already set to be another year of significant decline for American coal. We're now expecting that decline to be about a quarter of last year's coal production. That's pretty terrible. Professor Robert Godby, an energy economist at the University of Wyoming, the US state which produces more coal than any other. The coal industry was in trouble before this all started. So we had what we call a structural decline going on. Current forecasts suggest this will be the first year that renewables will actually produce more electricity than coal does in the United States. And that's just a watershed moment in kind of the energy history of the country. So that's the first part. (laughs) The second part is the COVID crisis. So in the most recent weeks, we've seen coal production fall by about 40% in the state. COVID has just decimated the demand for electricity. And coal has felt that as what we'd call the marginal source of production. It's the first thing to get cut because relative to renewables or natural gas, it's just more expensive. Some people listening to this might say, good, coal is a dirty energy. It's not good for you if you work down a coal mine. Coal mines are things which should be consigned to history. What would you say to to somebody who thinks like that? Well, I understand where they're coming from. Certainly, coal has a a history as as a dirty fuel, and that's true. But our energy system in the United States has depended on coal for years. So these same miners that now are being laid off are very proud of the fact that they provided most of the energy to the United States. You know, for the longest time, that was kind of a heroic occupation. Very important. Wyoming energy economist Robert Godby. Important and heroic. That perhaps explains why one man in particular has staked plenty of political capital on the revival of the American coal industry. I see over here, Trump digs coal. Look at that. Trump digs coal. That's true. Oh, this is beautiful. Thank you very much, everybody. Donald Trump mines for votes on the campaign trail a few months ahead of the 2016 presidential election. He's speaking in American coal country in Charleston, West Virginia, surrounded by ecstatic supporters, many in hard hats with miners' lamps. He puts on a miner's hat of his own and mimes a digging action with an imaginary spade. And I'll tell you what, folks, you heard me the other night. I wasn't thinking even about you. I'm thinking about the miners all over this country. We're going to put the miners back to work. We're going to put the miners back to work. When he entered the Oval Office at the start of 2017, President Trump lost little time signing executive orders aimed at reversing coal's decline. Here he is speaking in March that year, on the day his government scrapped environmental restrictions the Obama administration had put in place to promote cleaner energy. My administration is putting an end to the war on coal. Going to have clean coal, really clean coal. With today's executive action, I am taking historic steps to lift the restrictions on American energy, to reverse government intrusion, and to cancel job-killing regulations. Coal's decline, though, has continued regardless, raising big question marks over the president's repeated promises to put the miners back to work.
Latest Labour Department figures show the number of Americans employed in coal mining has fallen 14% since Donald Trump assumed office in January 2017. So how is that likely to play out for the president when he bids for re-election in November? I asked Juliet Eilprin, senior national affairs correspondent at the Washington Post newspaper. Well, it's a little hard to tell. The president, while he does occasionally make references to coal mining, he is not highlighting it as he has earlier on in his administration. He's touted a revolution in American energy, and he likes to emphasize particularly that the United States is the number one producer of oil and natural gas in the world. But he's not talking as much about the coal industry since it's taken a hit. But at the same time, it is a very powerful point of contrast between the president and the likely Democratic nominee, Joe Biden. In what way? Joe Biden has really highlighted the threat that climate change poses to the United States as well as the rest of the world and has touted the importance of reducing America's dependence on fossil fuels. So they will be battling in some key states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan and elsewhere, The president will talk about how he is still committed to extracting fossil fuels, and Joe Biden is likely to emphasize that while he doesn't want to put these industries out of business altogether, he will adopt the kind of policies that will make it easier to develop renewable energy and to some extent more expensive to extract fossil fuels. And so that will be a point that certainly President Trump will make to his political base, including those in coal mining communities. So although coal miners themselves make up a vanishingly small fraction of the overall working population in the US, politically coal mining areas are crucial. Yes, they still do matter. In some parts of key states, they do earn relatively high salaries and they thereby support a number of businesses in those communities. So even though the job numbers remain relatively small, they have a disproportionate role in these communities. And that's one of the reasons why they remain a powerful political constituency. Juliet Eilprin at The Washington Post. Back in Kentucky, jobless coal miner Curtis Cress is left to contemplate an uncertain future. After almost a year of unemployment, he's now given up on finding work back in the coal industry. I knew that eventually that some other type of fuel would would become available for power plants and all these other things. And with natural gas on the rise uh, and a lot of the power plants uh, switched over to natural gas, you know, I don't see them investing millions of dollars to convert a coal burning power plant to natural gas and then later on changing their mind and converting back. You know, I don't see that. I guess I've kind of been prepared for it in a sense, but I guess I didn't really know if it would come during my time on this earth or not. But uh, I, I feel sorry for, you know, a lot of the guys who, you know, that's the only thing that they want to do because I just, I don't know really what, what they'll do. In recent weeks, he's been trying for a very different job. He's applied to be a mechanic working on assembly line robots at a factory run by the Japanese auto giant Toyota in Georgetown in northwest Kentucky. Curtis has now passed four stages of the interview process. 
So he's hopeful his working life is about to take a new and exciting direction. But because the Toyota factory is a two and a half hour drive from his home, he would need to rent a place nearby during the week and only see his family at weekends. Despite the challenges he's faced and the likely sacrifices ahead, Curtis Cress says he is still optimistic about his future. I feel, uh, I guess, I guess with this uh, career path that I'm trying to uh, pursue, I don't know, I feel like it's something that I can work at and, you know, be able to be an old man and still going into work. And it's not a career path that's going to, I guess, kill me. So really, you've made every effort to reinvent yourself, I guess, as somebody who could be employable. Yes, yes. And growing up, I kind of had this mindset that um, if you can do something, I can do it. I just have to learn how. I can always try to find a use for myself somewhere. It sounds like you're a survivor. (laughs) I try to be. I try to be. (laughs) I guess in this kind of world, you have to be. Are you looking for an easier way to invest in real estate? Well, it has arrived. As stocks fall, investors are flocking to real estate. Rental home investing has outperformed the stock market over the last 20 years with less volatility. In under five minutes, you can get started investing in rental properties and begin earning passive income without the substantial upfront costs. And Arrived takes care of the management and operations so you can sit back and build wealth. Use gift code GET50 to get $50 off your first rental property investment. Visit ArrivedHomes.com. That's ArrivedHomes.com.